Yes. Hey, crew. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode of The Social Media Manager. My name is Dakota Jean, and I am your host. I actually uh, wanted to talk a little bit about social media. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I love the internet. Well, honestly, I kind of hate the internet at times, or like most times. But anyway, um, I love it at times like this that I'm about to tell you. So an instance where I loved it was when I was recently on Twitter and some people that I follow liked a tweet of Kelsey Weekman's. I had to go back and find it. Um, finally did. It said, uh, at Kelsey Weekman said, uh, news time. I'm joining at Buzzfeed news as a reporter for the social news team. I'll be covering internet culture, trending news, social media communities, and all that jazz. (laughs) I just have to know, I spent way too long trying to find this tweet again. Um, Like, I was looking on Kelsey's feed forever, and then I was like, oh, I'll just look at my liked tweets. And anyway, it still took me ages because apparently I like a lot of tweets. Damn it. Anyway, so um, I was sliding into her DMs (laughs) like, hey, you seem really cool, and I love that you write about social media, so like, want to be friends? And long story short, we're friends now. It took a few extra weeks uh, for us to actually connect, you know, like some unforeseen circumstances happened to Kelsey, um, then I unexpectedly had to move, and so all of this stuff happened, and we just couldn't connect, and um, so it kind of, like, I couldn't help but wonder, were we meant to not talk? Well, don't you worry. We finally did, and we vibed just as I imagined we would. For all my marketing babies out there, by the way, I just want you to know that you should be using Twitter, like 100%. It's my best networking tool over LinkedIn, Instagram, any of them. All right. Anyway, on to this awesome discussion with my new Twitter crush, Kelsey Weekman. Right, so welcome to the Social Media Manager. I'm your host, Dakota Jean, and today I have Kelsey Weekman with me. I actually found Kelsey on Twitter. Um, yes, I think one of her one of her tweets kind of went. Um, I don't know if I want to use the word viral, but a lot of people were stoked because you got a new position. Um, as a writer at BuzzFeed. And so I just had to get to know you and talk to you because of that. So Kelsey, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your position at BuzzFeed. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got a new job at BuzzFeed News. I'm a social news reporter, which this beat is always called something a little bit different, but it's, it's internet culture. It's social media platforms. Anything we're doing on the internet, I am covering, and that is very broad. Um, I have been in media for six years, and I have worn so many different hats in that time. I went from being a curator to being a social media manager to a data analyst to a content strategist to audience development back to a reporter. 
And spending all that time on all those platforms has really made me love social media. I love studying it. love studying the people who are on it, how things work, all the trends. Um, most recently, I was a reporter at uh, Yahoo's Gen Z site. It's called In The Know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just getting started at BuzzFeed News. I've done a couple of stories and it's just the best. I'm so excited. That is so exciting. And uh, I think that's so cool that you actually have all of that experience because I think in order for someone to really understand and write about social media the way that you do, um, it's important to have all of that sort of um, social media background. So that's really cool. And I'm curious, you have a blog um, or a Substack actually called OK Zoomer. What is that Mm -hmm. all about? So I I honestly, when I started reporting at Yahoo, I was kind of trying to find my place. I didn't know what I was going to write about. Obviously, I had all this audience development experience, so I wanted to use that. But something that really started to interest me was how young people use the internet. Um, and OK Zoomer was obviously born from OK Boomer and then Gen Z obviously being called Zoomers. Um, but I, yeah, I've just really been digging into Gen Z and, and how they interact with the internet. And so I started a Substack. It was just going to be like a fun little side place where I kind of posted my thoughts that I couldn't necessarily publish online um, in my job. But it has taken off into this whole um, huge venture. And I took some time off while I was transitioning jobs, but I have this like really extensive content calendar built out now of stuff I want to do um, and focus on just how young people are using the internet because they're at the forefront of everything. Like they're setting the trends. They are um, kind of controlling what the, what the people in charge of the platforms want to do. They want to entice Gen Z. They want to be like TikTok. Um, so I'm just forever fascinated with that. Yeah, I am too. And I, I guess I want to know what is the thing that uh, when Gen Z, when it comes to social media, like what is it that they want to see when they go onto social media apps? That's a good question. And that's a question that a lot of apps are trying to figure out right now, a lot of platforms. And we're starting to see the kind of scramble to replicate TikTok's success with Gen Z all over the place. We've got, you know, reels and shorts and other short form video platforms where discovery is easy, but monetization is hard um, happening with TikTok. And discovery and customization are what Gen Z is all about. Like they want social media to kind of read their minds and tell them what they want. They might say, oh, I miss Instagram's you know, chronological timeline. But when it comes down to it, they really want to just be shown what they want. And that comes from growing up on the internet. You know, when you have a, a cell phone, when you're nine years old, a smartphone at that, um, you kind of come to expect that the internet will know you and understand you and that you'll find your place. And for a social media platform to help you get there, that's the absolute ideal. Definitely. And speaking of TikTok, they actually just expanded um, the ability to now do longer videos. I think it's like up to 10 minutes. And I was kind of surprised by that because I think a lot of us are so interested in the very short videos. Like even if it's a minute long 
unless if it's super captivating, I'm, you know, not really watching it. So right. do you think that um, right. Gen Z in, in particular, do you think that they're going to utilize that and, and make videos up to 10 minutes? What's really interesting about that is that to me, it's proof of something that I constantly have to remind myself, which is that TikTok is a startup. It may be a huge app with a million, a billion, oh goodness, a billion users, um, yeah. but it is new and it is a start and they're just trying to figure stuff out. And a big cr uh, criticism of TikTok is how hard it is to make money there. Um, it's, you know, lots of people talk about this all the time, but if you are a video creator, YouTube is where you're going to make your money for so many different reasons. And TikTok, it's a lot harder. You can grow your audience exponentially and comparatively pretty easy. But what are you going to do? You don't you don't have, you know, pre-roll and mid-roll ads in your TikTok videos. So I think that that is less of a user-friendly feature than it is a sort of desperate attempt to uh, make it easier for people to make money. I think we're definitely going to start seeing more ads involved with that. Um, but from the creators I've talked to and from the users that I've talked to, honestly, they're thinking, you know, I go to TikTok for like a quick hit of dopamine for someone to understand me and give me what I want to see. I'm not there to watch a 10 minute video. Um, and that is, it's really funny how everyone's copying TikTok and TikTok is then kind of copying everyone else. And it's, it's all about the money. <laughs> it's all about the money. So I hope that TikTok kind of, you know, adds another tab or you can watch longer videos or provides a really, really good incentive for people to want to watch that kind of video or maybe makes it easier to combine, you know, multiple smaller videos to give that same kind of effect, but with the more digestible um, side of things as well. But I, I don't know if I don't, I haven't talked to anyone who is very psyched about the long TikTok videos. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Instagram now with reels, like they're, they're listening, obviously. They're very yes. good at listening, and that's why they change all the time. That's why they're always adding new features, and I, I think that's actually a really good thing. Um, so oh, yeah. they're going to start uh, paying out creators, which I think is fantastic. Um, it seems like a little unknown on how they're going to do that right now because um, there's only a few creators that it was available to, and you know, of course, we, it's going to be rolled out. So um, do you think that that's going to uh, get more creators, especially the younger creators that are on TikTok? Do you think that that's going to incentivize them to move over to Instagram and make more reels rather than TikTok videos? I think that the solution to a lot of these problems of, you know, how to make money on social media is to have a creator fund or like, you know, creator fund, quote unquote, a big money pot where people can get paid out for what they create and how they draw people to a platform. But I think that 
like TikTok's not doing it exactly right. So Instagram has the benefit of being able to see how disgruntled people are by how little money they can make um, and kind of build off of that. Actually, the the platform I think that does the creator fund best is Pinterest because they'll send creators like, you know, use this in a video and we'll send you, you know, this much money. And it's not entirely dependent on how many views it gets, but it's still like... The platforms have an incentive to pay their creators because they're what gets, you know, people coming there. It's the same way that Netflix is paying people to make tons and tons of TV shows and and movies. Um, I think that if Instagram could manage to figure out how to properly pay people, find that balance, learn from TikTok's startup mistakes there, that could be huge. I honestly, some people don't like reels, but I honestly think that they're great. Um Maybe they are really similar to TikTok, but I think that they do a really good job of putting them, replacing them within Instagram so that they catch your eye. You can still use them for discovery. The trends may start on TikTok and carry over, but who cares? Who cares? There's an audience there. There's people there who are interested. So I'm eager to see what Instagram does here because they obviously have a ton of money to work with. So why not give it back? I couldn't agree with you more. So <laughs> trends. I actually want to talk to you about trends. Um, yeah. Because you write uh, about trends, obviously. Um, and I I do think that a lot of, you know, at least video trends start on TikTok and then maybe move over to Instagram. But um, in your experience with really analyzing trends – What is it that gets people just so excited about something? I think that part of the magic of TikTok is that you don't just have a place to watch things that are fascinating. You have, and this is kind of true with all social media, you have a place where you can relate to people and where you can say, oh, this trend is so funny. Let me do my take on it. And that has always been a thing, but like me going viral for doing my own trend is not very likely. But with TikTok's algorithm, literally anyone can go viral. So your take on a trend, no matter how famous you are, can make you famous. So I think that is really interesting. Um, As far as like where trends come from and how they're created, I think that honestly there's, I couldn't tell you exactly what these are off the top of my head, but there's like a certain, there's like a set number of, kinds of trends that everything comes from like you'll start to see a lot of the tiktok trends that people are participating in are like basically the same as one we saw like probably a few months ago with people like i keep thinking about how there's one where you share like a really outrageous secret to the tune of the song and that could apply to like five different tiktok trends from the past year but it doesn't get tiring because different people are always going viral and so different crazy stuff is always search is surfacing and different songs are getting stuck in your head because of it and so I would study the way that tiktok gets in your brain forever because it just has hit the sweet spot of I relate to this or I've never seen this before in my entire life. How did you know that I wanted this? How did you know that this would do so well? Um, And that's what makes things so trendy. It is just really easy to hop on the next big thing. It really is. And this is what I like to talk to you about with um, 
business owners because they're like, I don't know how to make a video um, with this. I mean, they're talking about blah, 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 but I my business is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you can absolutely take your business and make it. You yes. just have to, you know, get a little creative and you have to get some practice with doing that. But um, what are like – what are some of your favorite trends right now that, that you're seeing? Oh, that is so hard to say because there are so many that come and go all the time. Um, I can tell you that my favorite kinds of trends are, it always starts with one person kind of sharing something that's interesting to them. Like um, I, have a, I have a lot of interest in like style and stuff like that. So when people say, you know, Y2K is coming back and then there become like a hundred different trends based on that. Like that's just not just like a concept that is trendy. That is like the inspiration for like tons of videos coming out of that. And I could totally see brands playing into that, weighing in on like, oh, this is, um, you know, uh, something that relates to our brand in this way. This is something that um, totally doesn't that we can kind of tie in and make funny um, and stuff like that. But I just I love any kind of trend that kind of pushes people to be creative as well and take what the what they have yeah. and kind of make it fit. Um, just like we were talking about. Um, I'm also like the trend of there being trends at like a really alarming rate to be honest um is something that I love writing about um the way that things cycle in and out so quickly and the way that we see so many of the same archetypes come back and fade out um I feel like it's so it's honestly magical to me some people are like this is going to create burnout and, and like everyone's going to hate everything and everything's going to converge and to me it's like no people are just going to keep being creative until it changes again um and that's the beauty of the internet Exactly. <laughs> I I totally agree. I I was thinking about while you were talking about the um Beyonce drop and mm, how so mm -hmm. many uh businesses kind of hopped on that trend and it's like that applies to literally anyone and it didn't get old for me because seeing everybody do that was just like beyond entertaining and sometimes it was hilarious. Um, and I don't know, I just, I, I really loved that one and it kind of, it lasted a couple of weeks. Yes. <laughs> I, I also love that one too, because it's like, it is, if you have something interesting to bring to it, like it's basic and everyone can do it and who knows who could go viral. But if you bring an interesting spin to it, which like being a celebrity or being a brand or being a company is inherently interesting compared to like just random influencers who are doing it. And that makes it a lot easier to go viral. I actually have noticed a lot of trends that have like started with celebrities or started with, you know, it's not necessarily with like creators on the bottom floor. Um, get they get started up at the top and then they kind of continue, um, which isn't that shocking for other social media platforms, but it's like it's interesting to me because it is kind of backwards for TikTok. Like you know people big accounts still have the opportunity to set trends and invite people to be creative and it's not like uh hey look at what I'm doing it's like uh hey look what we can all do together kind of thing it makes it very like democratic totally yeah it does feel that way 
um, I actually, I think I personally like TikTok for educational videos. I know everyone has like their own thing that they go to TikTok for, but for me, I'm like, sometimes I'm learning new social media tricks that I love. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I sometimes am learning how to like take care of flowers so that they, you know, live longer or just like whatever it is. And I'm just so interested and I think it's great. Or like I coach track and field. And so sometimes I see like runners, they're like, hey, this is how I do this and this. And it's like, this is just so awesome. I love it. And I'm just going to eat it up all the time. I love it. But um, I do. Yeah, I love it too. And I think Instagram is getting um, better at well, I, I guess people on Instagram um, are getting better at at creating these reels that have some similar vibes. Um, but I mean, YouTube is still going to be number one when you know when I need something, when I need to learn something, mm-hmm. I go to YouTube. Do you find that that's still the case with most people too? Hundred percent. I don't think that. I guess since YouTube has been around for a while, people forget just how powerful it is in the media. Like, people forget to cover YouTube, but it is still, like, so hugely popular. Like, people are watching YouTube more than they're watching television. Like, it is genuinely that big and that powerful, and the algorithm is amazing. And with TikTok, I find that I have to, like, as a journalist, I have to have a couple different accounts because I have, well, I have like my personal account where I like watch fashion videos and like book videos and stuff. But then I have my account where I like to see what's going on in the world. That's where I'm getting my Ukraine news. That's where I'm getting, well, it's not the only place, but it's where I'm getting, you know, like, here's what's going viral. Here's what's cool. Stuff like that. Whereas YouTube, like, it, I don't know. It's just so much easier to, um, I don't, the algorithm is underrated, first of all, but also it's if you need to learn how to do something, if you're curious about a subject, if you know what you're looking for, but also if you totally don't, um, it's great. It's just not as like quick and snappy. And so I think that makes it a little less trendy, but it's not any less important. I Yeah, definitely. I find YouTube to be something that I, I forget about as social media sometimes. But then it's like I open it up every single day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I, I kind of use it more like a, sometimes it can be like a Netflix or like a entertainment source more than the social media source. And part of that is probably because we don't interact with each other in the same way that we would on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. Um, but it's so powerful is like a content discovery vehicle. It really is. So what do you think the future of social media looks like? And I guess what I'm I'm getting at is, you know, I think of Reddit and how incredibly powerful that tool is as a social media tool, but also um, it's, it's not like your regular social media um, platform. Like you have to build a presence on there before you can create a community and like you actually have to put in the work um to to really be like active on that platform which I think is really interesting and it's not something that is necessarily like um like owned by some big corporation like Mm -hmm. Facebook or (laughs) so do you what do you think the future is gonna be do you think that um 
decentralizing social media is actually going to happen and you think people will hop on that? I think it sounds like a wonderful idea. And I think when it comes to like Discord and chat forum, it's like it's not just a group chat. It's like a forum where you chat about something. That's a great place to decentralize social media. But it does like when I start thinking about it, I think of um, basically just a, a, a Twitter without regulation or without like rules and um, without that figurehead in charge of it. Um, and that makes me scared, to be honest. Like I know how quickly something can go from pleasant and democratized and run by the people to being just cesspool. Um, and we have seen many times um, places without adequate moderation completely fall apart. And that's kind of my whole, like, I'm very excited about the metaverse. Let me put that out there. I am such an avatar lover, such a customization lover. I love the thought of being able to look like and act like whoever you want to be and go do your thing and interact with people online. And that's great. But when it comes to like, talking about decentralization and even NFTs and stuff like that. I think that the people who are in power already, the people who have money um, or the people who are the best at attacking people, even sometimes, I think that they're still going to be in charge um, when it, or they'll naturally kind of fall to the top because money is always going to give you an advantage. Um, Being loud all the time is going to give you an advantage. Um, and so it's tricky. It's tricky. And I'm eager to see kind of how that unfolds. But I think that the future of social media is going to be a lot of short form content. It's going to be a lot of struggles for monetization. Um, I think about like, there was a big story and I can't remember where it was sort of recently about how, you know, Google's results are so dominated by ads right now that people are searching Reddit instead. Um, And if I'm, if I have an idea for something and I want to learn how to do it, I'll just search YouTube or I'll just search Pinterest and see what like visuals I can find and stuff like that. And so I think that, um, my hot take is that search engine, social media as search engines is going to be a huge thing. Um, and I hope it will be because I hope people are fact checking themselves and people are, you know, exploring the world and not just leaning into their um, echo chamber created by all these incredible algorithms. Um, but I think that people need to stay curious and stay reaching out and stay moving around before we can even really talk about decentralization. Um yeah, I know. It sounds so great, right? The, <laughs> I want to be yes. a part of <laughs> that. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't see, you know, Instagram, Facebook. I don't really see them going anywhere. I mean, especially Instagram. Yeah. Um, maybe when yeah. like the, you know, the boomer generation starts to, you know, get offline or they're just too old or whatever, um, maybe Facebook is you know, just less relevant, but I just don't see a total um, freedom there with all social media. You know, like I think that we, I think you're right. I think yeah. we'll, we'll utilize different ones for different reasons. And um, yeah. yeah. 
I also think that like as your local Gen Z expert, it's important to not forget that even though people who use Facebook are getting older and there are a lot of criticisms about, you know, how that entire platform works. And so people kind of turn a blind eye to it. There's still a massive amount of people who are using that as their like first and only news source, their only social media or like their number one. Um And that can't be overlooked. Like we still really need to examine that and examine how it's looking because even if it's not cool, even if it's not trendy, there's still going to be people there. I worked for Yahoo and AOL for many years and you would be surprised how many people are still using that for everything. Even though I'm like, I don't even know anyone who doesn't use like, you know, Gmail or something, but there are millions of people who are set in their ways. Um, and we have to think about how to reach them too. They're not a lost cause because they're not on top of everything. They're just not at the forefront of the conversation because they're happy where they are. Um, so in my like obsession with Gen Z and trying to figure out what's going on with them, I also have to always take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, I can't forget the boomers. That's actually a really good point because we are all online. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier that we're getting our uh, uh, we as collective um, society. A lot of people are getting their news from Facebook. Um, maybe, and I, I think that maybe you've heard this, but Facebook um, now they're not calling it news feed; they're just calling it feed because they don't want to give the impression that you know anything that shows up on your feed is potentially um real or fake news right (laughs) yeah so how do you how do you um what would your advice be for anyone that's trying to find legitimate news oh my goodness that is a great question something I frequently talk with my family about um I think that the first thing that you have to do is recognize that news is always going to have a bias because all of us always have bias. That is psychology, psychology 101. Um, and I would encourage people to look for news. You can have a favorite news source. There's lots of ways to tell if one is reputable or not. But say that I love the New York Times and I get all my news from the New York Times. If I'm reading about something really important or something really shocking, I'm going to go ahead and check that against what other outlets are saying. Um, And there's nothing wrong with taking a peek at an outlet that you maybe don't usually agree with or one um, that you don't think is going to be helpful and that, you know, just take a peek, look around um, and always question, just question everything. That is also my, I always get that advice when I'm talking to journalists about knowing what's real and what's not and what to report on, but that applies to literally everyone. If something is outrageous, if it seems too good to be true, if it seems too bad to be not like part of a movie or something, check it out, look at a couple places. You start to notice in, as you're reading stories, um, what the sources are. If the source is a government agency saying something, then those quotes are going to be in all the stories. But just because someone in power says something doesn't mean that's always necessarily true. So just be vigilant. Treat it like a game too. Like it doesn't have to be bad. Like it can be a fun activity. Um, trying to figure out what's going on in the world. Um, but just going to places that have like established 
reporters that have good reputations um, and then even backing even backing the best of the best up with some more information can be really important. Yeah, I think that's really good advice because we do get stuck in in to our our habits and what we watch and what we listen to and what we're reading. Um, I was actually just thinking about a couple of really cool videos that I've seen um, all over social media, like on Reddit. I saw this protest in Paris. It was a bunch of women that were um, topless, so all of their their boobs were showing, but it had painted mm-hmm. um, Ukraine flag on them, and like that was really powerful. Um, and I never would have saw it if it wasn't for social media. Um, so like that's not a news story necessarily, but um, it does kind of make me feel more connected to what's going on. Um, and what what do you think about, um, you know, the what's happening in Ukraine and how we can um, be supportive uh, from, you know, over here um, through our social media? That's a great question and one that I am constantly thinking about because I think that the answer changes every day. Um, There are a lot of things that you have to reckon with when it comes to like a big world event happening on on social media in front of us. Um, The first thing that you really need to do is make sure that the information you're getting is valid. And a lot of times that's really hard because you're on TikTok, you're on YouTube and you're watching stuff. And it seems real and it seems like it's coming from someone who's in Ukraine or someone who, you know, wouldn't have any sort of like reason to lie or reason to mislead people. And it turns out to be fake or bad or directed in the wrong way. Um, And so (laughs) it's tough because you also have to reckon with like this horrible war is happening in front of me and I'm all the way over here. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to feel bad? Um, And my answer to that is, um, yeah, you're allowed to feel bad. We're not expected. (laughs) Social media has given us access to human suffering that like people were not designed Mm -hmm. to process. Like brains were not meant to know this constant suffering. Um, But at the same time, when you are using like memes and jokes and stuff as a coping mechanism, which you're perfectly, you know, allowed to do, you have to calculate what, whose expense is, you know, who, who's going to have to be on the other side of that. Like, it's not going to be funny to someone in Ukraine who's running for their life right now. Um, and so it's just, it's a really hard thing to do what can you do right now obviously finding a place to send money if you have it is huge and that is hard because that is constantly changing one minute they'll say hey send it to this organization then it'll be hey send it to the ukrainian government then someone will say the ukrainian government doesn't need all this money you know it's just it's very hard to tell in the moment um and that is why it's really important to trace everything back to the source. Make sure you're getting something from a reputable source. I was seeing people fall for fake um, Ukraine footage like crazy on TikTok and on Instagram and stuff like that because it's pretty easy to take footage 
of a bad thing happening, throw it up on a live feed and then make a bunch of money um, from people sending you donations because they think that you're watching bombs fall when it's just not the case. And people are saying, you know, this is the first like TikTok war, um, which I don't actually even know if that's that true um, <laughs> because there's a whole lot of like war going on and a lot of um, unrest going on that's Obviously, people are posting about it first person if it's happening to them. That's what we do with everything. Um, but it is with every piece of information comes like the fear of disinformation. So I, I wish that I had more like cut and dry answer. Like I wish I had a first do this, two do this, three do this. Um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's tough. But think about the impact of your actions verify the source of everything you possibly can. And um, as you're dealing with the sort of like social media malaise of watching something bad happen that you can't help with, find little tangible ways that you can help. Um, That's easier said than done. (laughs) No, that's, I mean, spoken like a true journalist, you know, uh, definitely figuring (laughs) out um, the, the source and where people are getting that information is so important because you're right. I saw a bunch of videos and I'm like, is this like new? Like this video might, it seems really old. And then I'm like, then I'm questioning everything and it is really hard. Um, But it is. It's And like, there's good and bad to everything. It's good because we are seeing a lot of, you know, the stuff that is real that we can, um, process and understand. And, you know, our generation Gen Z, we're hopefully going to be smarter than generations before us. And, you know, as we're seeing this human suffering happen literally before our eyes on our phones, um, that we can learn from this and and hopefully we create a, a, a world that doesn't include war. Um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> So there is good and bad with all of that. But um, I guess to, um, you know, what what are the things that you like to write about, um, especially, you know, now that you're at BuzzFeed, um, you probably, uh, and it, I know that you're writing mostly about like social media in, in general, but what what's the favorite of yours that you get to write about? That's such a good, such a good question. I love telling the story behind like a viral moment. Um, even those stories, those stories can be really fleeting because it's like, who cares about a viral story from three weeks ago? But instead of just saying like, here's the thing that happened, I like digging in and saying, here's what happened. Here's why this person says it happened. Here's what it means to society that this happened. I try to do that as much as possible. Um, and I try to do that with just viral moments with trends with people who are suddenly getting a lot of attention um kind of all over the place and I'm still kind of trying to figure it out so far as long as I've I've been at BuzzFeed I've touched on a lot of different stuff I've written about like influencer scammers I've written about you know Ukraine TikTok trends I've written about um people going viral on Twitter that maybe shouldn't have. Um, I, you know, a a thing I also really enjoy doing is, you know, like on social media, there's a tendency to, um, sorry, my dog is (laughs) 
scratching oh, at her I was cage. wondering. Can you hear that? Yeah, my dog was yeah. making noise earlier too. Yeah. Um, it's just ambiance. Anyway, um, yes. So one thing that's really fascinating to me about, I guess, the social media cycle is that obviously something will go viral and everyone will love it. And then something will come out about that and then everyone will hate it or it'll get old or, you know, it just there's a really fascinating way of the lifespan of a trend is really interesting to me. And I always like to take something that maybe has gotten I don't want to say canceled, but canceled um, or something that's gotten old and kind of like examine why, like, why did this happen? Is this really true? Is this people kind of piling on um, or is this worthy of being um, canceled or, or <laughs> any other better word for that? Um, but I like to look at things and say, actually, this is good. Um, and I hope to continue doing that because I think that there's a lot of, um, obviously like warranted criticism, especially of the people in charge of social media companies for what they do with all this power that they have. But I also think that like constant unfettered criticism of them and like assuming that what they do is always bad keeps us from having a lot of fun. Um, So like, you know, maybe the new changes to platforms are actually going to be fine. Maybe TikTok's 10 minute videos will really hit their stride with a certain community and um, maybe people won't use 10 minutes. Maybe people will just use four minutes. Um, maybe instead of having to do, you know, watch a whole 10 minute video, there will be a way to like filter them out if you're not in the mood. Um, maybe it could be a good thing. So that's kind of my like, I'm being, I like being a devil's advocate, like to the devil. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. I love that. So it is so awesome, by the way, that we finally got to connect because we have been planning this podcast for how many weeks? (laughs) Enough that I am surprised you don't hate me, (laughs) but I'm so happy that you reached out. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes, It's so great to to talk with you. And even when we first um, did like our little meeting just so we could get to know each other, I was just like, oh yeah, we we vibe. This is going to be great. Um, and I've really been enjoying watching what you're doing yes. and, and what you're writing about. So um, I know that the listeners obviously are going to want to read what you have to say. So where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me all over the internet. My name is Kelsey Weekman. I'm the only person named Kelsey Weekman, so I'm very easy to find. My Twitter handle is K-E-L-S-A-Y. W-H-A-T. So Kelsey say what? It's a pun. Um, that's my home base for everything. You can find my work on BuzzFeed News um, and my newsletter, OK Zoomer. And literally just shout my name and I'll find you somehow. <laughs> that's my best advice. Um, and I'm really eager to, to talk to people who love social media as much as I do. I'm always happy to listen, happy to talk, happy to give advice. Um, I just love being online and I love other people who love being online. Oh my gosh. Yes, me too. <laughs> Well, Kelsey, thank you so, 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 so much again for doing this with me and um, for wanting to be a guest on The Social Media Manager. Of course. Thank you so much, Dakota. I'm so happy we got to collab. (laughs) 